The world is changing at a rate like never before. So why is an education? Strayer University is revolutionizing higher education to help you finish your degree. We make transferring credits simple, create binge-worthy course content to keep you engaged, and design AI-powered tools to help you graduate. Welcome to the future of education. Strayer University, out with the old school. Strayer University is certified to operate by Chef. Woke up this morning insane, I'll be just fine, be just fine. Falling in love is all good. Better days coming this way. Butterflies all on my face. Love is a season I'm feeling this way. Good afternoon and welcome in to Saw Live. You are watching Speak Up with Sammy Jorjour. And this is episode 159. And we have a slight time change if you're just noticing that. We're going from about 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock. unplug um, our computer is being a little fishy right now and there we go but um, Ruby says George got Tanner and you got paler I think you guys should be able to hear me now please let me know and uh, Tom Pennington says Ohio hello to Tom Pennington are we talking Ohio about um, NCA storylines or what are you what are you talking about Ohio um, and Rabit says, good. I, you know, I thought I got a little bit tanner, Rabit. I, I don't know if you really think I got paler, but I'm trying. I did. T somebody did tell me I need to get some more color, and I'm trying. <laughs> but um, what I was saying about my voice is it might be in and out a little bit. I kind of lost a little bit of it in Mexico. So we're going to have to deal with that a little bit. But new show time we are doing now noon to one every single day monday through friday thanks for tuning in got some interesting storylines today um talking ncaa storylines kind of what i f feel from the weekend and all the scores the ncaa rankings and reactions the new rankings have come out and i want to tell you what i think about all the different changes in those rankings today in sports uh which is just more about you know everything that's going on in sports just quick topics um isaiah thomas and what he says about the boston trade I have a random topic of the day. Um, as you know, George does his WTF story or his weird story of the day. I'm going to kind of do random topics of the day. Um, and then I have my top 10 NFL power rankings as well. So we're going to get all that up and going today. Um, thank you all for tuning in. And Tom Pennington, Tommy Pennington, if you're still here, I am going to be talking Ohio State um, for a little bit. So. Let's get into this. We're going to start off with the NCAA storylines of the week. Um, you can probably see from the logos, the main storylines, which have to do with the Florida Gators, uh, the Michigan Wolverines, UCLA Bruins, the A&M Aggies, and the Tennessee Vols. So, first interesting thing um, I wanted to talk about was that A&M, Texas A&M and UCLA game. You know, and Tommy says thank you. Oh yeah, no problem. Stay tuned, and we will get to your uh, to your Ohio State Buckeyes. They're coming up next segment. So the Texas A&M and UCLA game, one of the most interesting things you'll ever see for two. Actually, and the most interesting unranked opponent game you'll ever watch in your life. Um, Forty-four to ten lead by Texas A&M, and they blew it. So. The biggest interesting parts of this also is just the fact that both these coaches are on the hot seat. Both Jim Mora and uh, Kevin Sumlin have been talked about, okay, this is their last chance. They have one more year to produce, and it's over for them. And if you go through the Twitter reactions throughout this, this weekend, you will see that during the first half of the game, the Twitter reaction was, Fire Jim Mora. Get him out of UCLA. He's done. Even at halftime, he's done. They're down by so much. They're not good enough. Get him out. And then after the game, the reaction, of course, is fire Kevin Sumlin. Get him out of there. He's not good enough. He hasn't produced. 
So it was an interesting storyline throughout the whole day because we, we pretty much got half and half the entire day. We had half the day saying, forget Jim Mora, they suck. And then the other half saying, forget Kevin Sumlin, he sucks. Now, which one is it? That's the interesting topic here. I think neither. So Jim Mora has done an all right job at UCLA. He got his man in Josh Rosen, who has produced in at that you can see this game, showed that he is a top notch quarterback. And they've been a pretty good team. I mean, even when they had Hundley back in the day, they were doing all right. They were a top twenty five team and now they're gonna be back to looking like a top twenty five team again. And I'm not actually sure if they even made the top twenty five ranking. Uh, I'm gonna give it a check real quick. Um they did not, but they I'm sure they did start receiving they had eighty two uh votes to be in the top 25. So that means that they're getting right back in there. And for A&M, this is interesting. Now, there's two theories or two ways you could look at this. You can look at this in the sense that Kevin Sumlin is um, a bad coach and can't get them over the hump. Or you can see it the way I'm, I'm seeing it. I think A&M has not been a phenomenal program throughout time. I mean, I know they're an SEC team. Once they're in the SEC, I think... Texas A&M fans might have thought, okay, we're supposed to be elite status. But really, other than one year of Johnny Manziel, when has Texas A&M been elite status? Now, you can either point that to Kevin Sumlin and blame that on him, or you can blame that on the fact that A&M is just not a powerhouse in their state. You look at the state of Texas. You got Texas University. You got Baylor. You got TCU. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you have Texas Tech. There's a lot of options. And if you just look at the region itself, that whole South region, then you still got the Alabamas and the Tennessees. And, I mean, every any school in, in Louisiana, you got LSU. There's so many options to, of schools you can go to in the South that I almost can't blame Kevin Sumlin for not being able to intrigue all these amazing recruits you actually look at the whole state of texas tcu has been good um baylor's been good and texas has been good enough right now these teams might have might not be um where we expect them to be but if you look at it, none of those four schools in texas have been a national champion recently the last one i think was it was Texas back in 06, which is 11 years ago. Now it's coming to be the 12th year after this year. It's not that we're going to win it. Now, is this someone's fault or is this the fact that the South region is so saturated that you can't blame him for not being able to get top recruits? That's how I see it. Am I, I don't think it's his fault. I think it's a product of, of what he's competing with. You look at a guy like Chris Peterson out in Washington in the Pac-12. Washington was able to build a program to make it to the playoffs very fast because the talent in the Northwest, you're not fighting for a lot of people in the Northwest. You're fighting with Oregon and Washington State pretty much. And UW's been, University of Washington's been a lot better than Washington State. Now Washington State's starting to pull recruits also with Mike Leach as a great coach. And Oregon actually took a step down. So it gave Washington an amazing opportunity to be a playoff team last year like they were and an amazing opportunity to get recruits. But you cannot blame Sumlin for having trouble recruiting to A&M. He actually did a phenomenal job of Johnny Manziel, a team that competed for three years and he got a Heisman Trophy winner. That's better than Texas has done in the last 10 years. That's better than Baylor's done in the last 10 years. I mean, it's better than Texas Tech's done. TCU's been good, but I think if we've got to pick the best season on any of these teams in the last 10 years, it might be the year with Johnny Manziel, with Kevin, Kevin Sumlin. So for me, it's hard to blame him. But at the end of the day, he did a good job in that game. They, As bad as it is that they blew a 44-10 lead, get this. They had a 44-10 lead at UCLA. And this was, not, this was not a typical balloon game where there's interception after interception after interception. This was actually all conventional football. Texas A&M just had their – UCLA, sorry, changed their game plan – which ended up stopping, unfortunately, ended up stopping uh, uh, Texas A&M's office. So UCLA figured it out, 
It was three and out after three and out after three and out. There were no turnovers by Texas A&M in this blown lead. So this was not a thing about about Kevin Sumlin, you know, causing turnovers or bad play calling. I think it was more on, uh, positive on Jim Moore's side of changing his game plan defensively, slowing them down. They still gave up 44 points in the game, but slowed them down. And then he has maybe a top three or four quarterback in all of the NCAA, which is hard to defend. A&M did a great job in the first half. It was hard to keep that up, and UCLA came back. It's a game of two halves. Sumlin won the first half. Mora won the second half. But this puts so much more blame on Sumlin, which I think is slightly wrong. But also, I did say before this game that he is overrated, which he might be because Johnny Manziel is the reason that he had that great year. But overall, if you compare it to the rest of Texas, Texas University blew, blew a game this year. They gave up this uh, for week one. Tom Herman, who's supposed to be the savior there, now I think they gave up 41 points to Maryland or 51. Um, that's embarrassing first and foremost. And Baylor blew a huge game too. They dipped to a bad team. So Baylor had a bad start to their season. TCU's a borderline top 25, and Texas Tech, I don't know where they are. So the state of Texas in general, it's hard to recruit where you're saturating all these players from to all these different schools. So I don't want to put a finger straight onto Sumlin and blame him. Let's see what Sammy Michael has to say, my man. Sammy Michael says that was the craziest game in only week one. College football is going to be a wild year. Yes, um, A&M just had Manziel for one year, and they're not a peer I think he says powerhouse. They're just okay. See, that's where that, but that's why what you said, first of all, is exactly correct. I think outside of the top two, which I have as Alabama and Ohio State, and everyone else has, I think the rest of college football is going to fluctuate a lot. I think everyone's good and bad, and they all can be exposed. I think a lot of people can lose and win games. Um, and you even see a team like Ohio State. I know Indiana's a conference opponent, but Indiana's not the greatest. Big Ten team, and they showed that they can still compete at least for a half. So there's going to be a lot. Um, there's going to be a lot of fluctuation, I think, in that top 25 outside of Ohio State in Alabama. While I still think Alabama, Ohio State can be, people can be competitive with them all at the same time, which is going to be very interesting. And um, like what you said, Sammy, though, they're not a powerhouse, but that's why I don't want to blame Sumlin too much because. When he got there and he got Manziel, and because of Manziel's year, I think A&M started to believe they're a powerhouse when realistically at the end of the day, they're just a mid-tier SEC team, and it's hard to be anything more than a mid-tier SEC team when you're competing against Alabamas and LSUs and Floridas and all these other teams. Um, and we saw that with Florida as well, which I'll get to. Um, Joseph says they have to recruit against – they and they have to recruit against the SEC. That's – yeah, I mean – that's I hadn't even pointed out. I guess that's very true, Joseph. Not only is it competing with other Texas schools, which is hard enough because of how good that state is uh, and how good the programs are and throughout that state, you're also competing with Alabama, LSU, uh, Florida. I mean, you can name all the teams in the SEC. I'm not going to go through naming teams in the SEC, but even just all the other ones like Mississippi State, et cetera, et cetera Tennessee. They have so much to compete with. They have so many teams in the SEC that they have to recruit against. And I think it's unfair to blame someone if he doesn't get the best recruiting class year in and year out. Now, it's – I feel bad. I do because he's going to get a lot of this blame, and I think he, he might um, – um, he might not – keep his job after this year, but I don't think it's his biggest fault. And Joe said, Texas and Texas Tech don't play the same strength of teams. Well, yeah, I agree with that. But I'm my theory on that was more about that's where they have to compete recruiting-wise. So I think I think with Texas A&M, um, I think with Texas A&M, and, uh, they, they might not have to play – they play a stronger strength schedule than Texas and Texas Tech, but that can also be a recruiting advantage for people. I mean, if I'm a player and you can tell me I can go to Texas and play an easier schedule than being Texas A&M, that's a recruiting advantage for those other Texas teams. Um, now, I think Texas A&M right now is maybe a better program just because we don't know what Tom Herman's going to do for them, but that's just one of those situations. Um, and I see Jamie Williamson said Florida is not good. Why do you keep bringing them up? 
I'm just I'm not saying Florida is good. I am just saying they're a good program recruiting wise, which they are. I think Jim McElvain's having trouble right now, and I'm going to talk about that here. That's one of my storylines. Um, I'm bringing it up in the sense of if you're Texas A&M, I think Florida probably has a better recruiting advantage than a team like Texas A&M even. So that's why I'm bringing them up. I think Tennessee, you have Texas A&M, you have Mississippi State, you have the LSUs, the Bamas. I was just giving examples of all these different teams that the SEC has to compete with. And regardless if Florida's not looking very good right now, there's still a team that you'd have to consider that you have to uh, you have to compete against recruiting wise because they are Florida's always been a team to recruit against. Obviously, more in the Urban Meyer days, but even this year, they're they're um, you know they're a team that probably d- d- still gets good recruits regardless of how they're performing right now with Jim McElvain at the helm. Um, and Jamie said yes. I thought A and M is overrated. Yeah, Jamie, I, they are. I mean, I think. They're overrated as a program in general. So I think, like I said, I'll reiterate it one more time. I think the Johnny Manziel time, because he was such a fascinating prospect and fascinating football player college-wise. I know he hasn't, or didn't pan out in the NFL, but he was such a fascinating Heisman Trophy winner that's, that was so dynamic and so great that it could win them so many games and make them exciting. It made A&M look like a powerhouse because he kept them relevant. And now that they're not, relevant still i mean they're i guess they're relevant enough they were all over tv this weekend but they're not rele- um, relevant in a positive light i think it's making kevin sumlin look worse than he is they just they're just not a top sec team i mean like you said florida's not good why do i keep bringing it up florida's still a better program than a&m and a&m's talked about a lot in the media and sumlin's talked about a lot in the media and they're, they're bashing him for not winning when texas a&m's never been that powerhouse um, big game against Oklahoma, who has won 11 straight. Last loss was to the Buckeyes, is what Tommy said for Ohio State. Yes, that is a big storyline this week. That game, Oklahoma versus Ohio State. I think it's seven versus two now, uh, unless Oklahoma, Oklahoma's still seventh, right? No, no, Oklahoma's up to fifth. Washington moved up to seventh, so it's number five versus number two. That's going to be an interesting game. I'm going to get that to that my next segment here, Tommy. Stay tuned. Um, so. Should Jim Mora, Jim Mora or Kevin Sumlin be fired? I don't think so. It just showed me that both programs um, have their flaws and their positives. AM played well. They're just not that great, um, and that's where we're at. They played well in one half, got outplayed second half. Jim Mora, I think he's done a fine job. Not a great job, but a fine job at UCLA. They got their guy in Rosen. He's not going to get fired this year. I don't think they're going to be that phenomenal, but they're going to be a borderline top 25. He's done good enough to keep his job at UCLA, but that was a big win for him. The next storyline I wanted to get to before I move on um, to my rankings and reactions, uh, Florida got dominated by Michigan, so I think Jamie would like this one, me talking negatively about Florida. Um, Jim McElvain was supposed to be an offensive genius when Florida hired him. He has extremely underperformed their quarterback, situation just is awful they look horrible they look like they do not know what they're doing and on top of that michigan despite being the youngest team in all of college football really showed me something great jim harbaugh has found a way to get his players and his team to follow his program regardless of their age regardless of how how much experience they had they came out there as the youngest team in football which by the way, shows me how much I, I dislike preseason in the NFL. These guys are 18-year-olds coming straight from high school to play for Jim Harbaugh and found a way to compete against a Florida team that has some veterans. I know they had some suspensions, and maybe Jim McElvain's not as good of a coach as we thought, but Michigan came out and pounded Florida and showed and honestly completely embarrassed them. That score did not reflect how bad of a beating it was. That was one of those 50 to 10 beatings really outside the score card or scoreboard whatever we saw it there last but not least tennessee um butch jones is not a great coach i think we've kind of seen that i know they won this game but i do think um that was embarrassing tennessee gave up to georgia tech 655 yards they gave up 535 rushing yards and won the game um i don't know what's worse is Georgia Tech 
having 535 rushing yards and losing? Because that whole game, I said, wow, maybe Tennessee's, you know, still good, and Georgia Tech's actually a top 25 team. They're getting this many rushing yards. They're playing good. But for Tennessee to beat them, when I, I, I'm actually mind blown. I've never seen a game where you there's a team that gave up 655 yards in one or a game where you rushed for 535 rushing yards and lost. I found that to be the most interesting game of the week other than the Texas A&M game. I think, obviously, it was nationally televised, so it was very interesting. But I think what's going to be interesting to watch is how good is Georgia Tech and how good is Tennessee? I'm very interested to see these next couple of weeks. Was Tennessee just, did Tennessee just have a bad game, or did they just get really lucky that somehow they won a game while giving up 600 yards? And then I also want to see, is Georgia Tech going to continue to, to put up 500 rushing yards a, uh, a week, or is this just more of a problem on Butch Jones' end in Tennessee, and is he just a bad coach? This is all stuff we need to find out. And Brian Norman Wannerton says Oklahoma will get smoked. I do, I, I do think, man, smoked is a tough one. So I was not big on Oklahoma going into this week. I just don't like when there's coaching changes. I know it's a protege, um, but it, I just you lose such a great coach. It's going to be really hard to recover from that in Oklahoma, but it looks like they might, I mean, they, because of Baker Mayfield, they might still have that opportunity, um, to stay relevant, I guess. And, and I think, um, Brian says probably by 30, I think it's going to be interesting. Ohio state looked a little sketchy in the first half against Indiana, but I think second half, once you saw that rhythm pickup, which happens to a lot of teams week one, I don't want anyone to overreact about that, but it took them some time. But once you saw them in the second half, you saw how good Ohio State was. They might have impressed me even more than I was impressed by Alabama. So that's going to be interesting. And let's get to that, actually. Let's move on to my next topic of the day, which is my quick thoughts on the newest rankings. So one of my thoughts... Um, I think I think Ohio State and Alabama proved and showed that they are still the best two teams, um, regardless of Ohio State. Um, regardless, I mean, I know Ohio State had had that tough first half against Indiana. We got to remember Indiana is a conference team. They may not be the best conference team in the world, but they are a Power Five conference team. New coach, home game, ESPN, first game of the year. Everyone's excited. I'm not too shocked that Indiana came out and played well. It took Ohio State some time. They lost a lot of people. They lost a lot of people to the draft last year. Um, not too shocked that it took them some time to figure it out in that half. And once they did, we saw what happened. I, I think they showed that they are still a top two teams. And I, I think they might be better than Alabama. Um Alabama, I know, um, did well, but you never know. They lost uh, Florida State lost Francois, their starting quarterback, and at some point in the game, Florida State actually played pretty well. They didn't give up too many points, um, and they didn't embarrass them too much. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Some of my biggest, biggest interesting points on the new rankings um, – Elias said, "Is what is Washington ranked? Washington is up to seven. Um, shout out to Elias Walton. I don't know if you've watched us before, but we are from Seattle, actually. I don't know if you can see anything from Seattle here. I got a Sonics hat and my Russell Wilson thing. Uh, my brother, who does another show here on this network uh, at 10.30 a.m. every day, he went to Washington. They are ranked seventh, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, they are ranked seventh. And that's another interesting storyline I was bringing up. I think that – so George says Alabama is the clear number one. Shout out to George. See, I don't find them to be that clear of a number one. I, I think – give me one second here. I just got to make sure the feed's still going. I had a weird connection problem right here for a second. Give me one sec. But what to what George is saying, I don't know if I'm, I'm sold on the fact that Alabama is a clear number one. So a lot of people want to use the fact that Ohio State – you know, struggled in the first half, so Alabama's the number one. Well, is that fair to say? 
I mean, Ohio State struggled just like Washington struggled, just like USC struggled. So there's a couple games where, you know, you, you see the, these struggles. So it's hard to exactly pinpoint it and say, oh, there's another clear number one. So that's where my issue with that is. Um, I think Ohio State and Alabama, it's right there. I don't think I'm going to blame Ohio State for that bad first half. They lost so many seniors that it's hard to blame them for that first half. I don't want to blame, you know, Alabama, if they were that dominant and that clear, I think they would have dominated Florida State even more. I know they dominated them decently, but it wasn't over the top. Brandon Planchett said Lamar Jackson, uh, 485 yards, Heisman again, UOF. I don't know what UOF is but I know he goes to Louisville. Um, I do not think Lamar Jackson will win the Heisman again. The reason I do not think he'll win again is because at the end of last year, he struggled a little bit, and I know people would have preferred to give it to Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield, one of those guys at the end of the year, just because of how Lamar Jackson played at the end of the year. Uh, oh, he said U of L. There you go. I see it now. Thank you. Um, I just don't see it. I don't see him getting it again. But I do think he's going to be dominant for most of the year. My only issue is a little bit of his struggles down the line at the end of the year last year, which which happens to a lot of players. But then this is the tough thing about the Heisman, you know. Um, I think I think with the Heisman Trophy, they need to wait till some of those bowl games and playoff games because a guy like Lamar Jackson, he did struggle near the end of the year. Brandon said numbers don't lie. I agree numbers do not lie. But I want to see Lamar Jackson finish strong this year. I think last year he kind of slowed down a little bit, and I'd love to see him finish strong. And against his top opponents, I need to see these numbers, which he did sometimes last year, so I'm not going to blame him for that. Um, but there's a lot of quarterbacks that can win the Heisman this year. I mean, you're looking at Baker Mayfield's, uh, Baker Mayfield's there. There's a lot of guys in the Pac-12 with Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, uh, Jake Browning. Of course, you got uh, you got – Barkley out at Penn State. You got Lamar Jackson still. Um, my goodness, there's actually a lot of different options we could talk about if we wanted to. Hertz is, of course, an option, but I think he's average. Um, I think he's just part of the system. Oh, and speaking of part of the system, <laughs> um, Tommy says, Hertz an okay QB in Florida State. I thought I'll play down, but turnovers killed them. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's why I don't think that Alabama is a clear number one. I think Hertz is okay. I think he's part of the system. He's part of the Alabama system, and he's going to be good. How many quarterbacks come out of Alabama and are good NFL quarterbacks? Not many, and you know why? Because I think they're just part of the system while they're there, and it makes them look a lot better than they actually are at that time. So that's how I see it. Also, guys, I don't know if, if you guys have watched our show before. George told us this. Our 8 a.m. show, we said this. Um, please share the video. If you do share our video today, between our three shows, we're going to raffle off somebody to get a free NFL or NCAA. We're talking a lot of NCAA right now. Free NFL or NCAA shirt. So we're going to pick a raffle person. If you share our video, we're going to pull it out of a raffle. Um, we have an 8 a.m. show, 8 a.m. Pacific time, 10.30 Pacific time, and noon Pacific time right here. Um, out of these three shows, we're going to take all the names of people who shared the video, do a raffle, and then whoever wins will message you, send us your address and your favorite college or NFL team, and we'll send you a free shirt and your size. So let me know. It looks like Tom, Tommy Pennington and Elia Watson uh, agree with me, Ohio State number one. George thinks we're wrong. George thinks it's Alabama number one. But to each his own, I think Ohio State is going to be more dominant as the season goes on, um, and I think – Alabama looked a little choppy at, at certain points again, and I think um, I, I think Hertz is not going to have that great of a year. George says you don't need a good uh, QB in the NFL to be good. You don't need to be a good NFL QB to be a good college QB. That's not what I'm saying though. I'm not talking about. I agree with that. That's a hundred percent true statement. But I'm just speaking on that. Somebody said he's. Um, said Jalen Hurts is okay, and I also think he's okay. That's all I'm saying. I wasn't really relating that to the rankings. I, I was relating that to the fact that Jalen Hurts is okay, and Alabama usually produces okay quarterbacks. Um, and Brandon agrees. Ohio State number one agree. Thank you. Don't forget, share this video, like our page. Um, yeah, I, I think Ohio State's just going to be better all around, and I think, I think 
God, it's going to be a close one this year, but I think it, it might be Ohio State and Alabama in the national championship. It's going to be interesting. Uh, Barrett's looking good. That's another Heisman candidate I didn't even mention, but we'll see how that all works out. I think Ohio State is going to win this weekend. Don't worry about that. I think they're going to win. I think with Oklahoma and the new coaching change, they're not ready to win a game like this. You can't have a new coach this early, and if they do, that's impressive for this new coach. I know he's a protege, like I said, but new coach, it's going to be tough even with Baker Mayfield, to beat a team like Ohio State. I do not think it's going to happen. Very excited to watch that. It's going to be interesting how I watch them. I'm going to the University of Washington game, but they're playing Montana, so it might be a blowout. So I'll be able to catch the game at some bars, or not some bar, but I'll try to catch a TV there, have it on my phone while at the University of Washington game this weekend. But go Huskies. I'm going to, by the way, anyone watching, you can follow us, Sant Live. On Instagram, S O N T L I V E on Instagram, or me. You can see at the bottom of the screen, Georgeur Sammy on Instagram. I will be going live at the game, at the University of Washington game this week. Um, I'm not going to be maybe doing much on it, uh, but just showing the stadium. If you have never seen the stadium, walk around. So check us out on Sant Live. Follow us at Sant Live, or follow me at Georgeur Sammy, and we will go live at the University of Washington game this weekend. So, um, other storylines. USC drops two spots after beating Western Michigan 49-31. to Western Michigan was undefeated last year, I believe. Um, they had a great year last year. But I think it's bad that they gave up 31 points to Western Michigan. Um, I think they need to uh, – I, I think it shows a little bit of what I was saying about Sam Darnold. I'm not 100% sold on Sam Darnold. I think he played fine, but – USC got a little overhyped last year with a, with a strong finish to his season. I want to see them put it all together for a year. That's why I find it interesting that they dropped two spots. Maybe the the voters are seeing that it's an interesting – not the voters, but the rankings are you know dropping them down a little bit. Um, what else do we got? We have uh, UW struggles also a little bit, but it's also a Big Ten team, so I don't want to – I don't want people to over-exaggerate on that as well. When it's a Big Ten team, it's a tough game. Rutgers is not a good program in the Big Ten, but it's it's always going to be a tough game when you have conference opponents like or top uh, Power Five opponents like that. Just like Ohio State had to struggle a little bit against Indiana, at least UW did not give up as many points as, for example, a USC did against Western Michigan. Like I said, Alabama, Ohio State showed they're still the two best teams. Um, and Clemson showed out really well, and they showed that they might not need um, Deshaun Watson to be still, you know, a power power five team. Or I mean, with their, I think they they're up to third in the rankings. They had a great game. Um, I was actually very impressed with um, with Clemson. And Dabo Sweeney is probably just that good of a coach, is, is how I'm starting to see it. Um, and He's just gonna have to keep. He's just gonna keep it up. I know that Dabo's a good coach, but I didn't expect them to. I didn't expect them to be this good this year, or to end up being that good this year. But maybe without Deshaun Watson, they they can still be part of it. Drew DeMarco, um, shout out to Drew DeMarco, my man from college, said, "Give me your take on Oregon Nebraska game." So, I think you know. We obviously have Nebraska comes from a good conference. Sorry, I'm losing my voice. Um, Nebraska's coming from a good conference, but so is Oregon. I think Oregon are strong favorites in this game. At the 13 and a half, I can check. No, it is. Yeah, they're 13 and a half point favorites. And I, I do think Oregon is going to win big in this game. Um, I think Tommy Lee is still the quarterback for Nebraska. And Tommy Lee, or Tanner Lee, sorry. Tanner Lee, I know George is extremely high on Tanner Lee. If he was here, he would say that Nebraska is going to win this game. Um, ESPN's Football Power Index has 87% chance that Oregon wins. I think Oregon um, is going to take a big leap this year. Everyone, I know I just saw a comment saying uh, Tanner Mays. I think it's Tanner Lee of Nebraska, George. <coughs> Check that. I'm pretty sure it's Tanner Lee. I'm on their, on their thing. Uh, George, I would check on that, my friend, because I'm on ESPN, and it's, I think it's Tanner. I think it's Tanner Lee. So, um, 
I know Oregon has what Herbert as their new quarterback, and Freeman is still Royce Freeman is still there running that ball. I think because of Royce Freeman and that rushing attack that Oregon can always produce, I think Oregon's actually going to be a top twenty-five team to end this year. Um, I know they started out of the rankings. I think they're going to beat Nebraska. Um, it's just I think it's a better. Op- I think they're going to run the ball all over them, and it's in Oregon. Um, a Fox game, you know, it's going to be nationally televised. I think Oregon's going to run all over him, and I think Royce Freeman's going to have a, a stellar game. And I think Tanner Lee, George, I think it's Lee, is going to um, – <laughs> so I was right. It is Lee. He said Lee's not Mays. I think he's going to struggle in Oregon. I think it's a hard place to play for Nebraska. I know Nebraska has, you know, good home field advantage themselves, but on the road it's going to be tough at Oregon. Um I know Drew DeMarco wants Oregon to win that game, but I think Freeman's going to run the ball all over Nebraska, and they're going to win. They're going to be a top 25 team. I saw Brandon Planchette's uh, comment saying, Washington in a weak conference, put them in the ACCSE, they wouldn't be nobody. I disagree with that. You have Oregon, you have Stanford, you have USC. Um, I mean, there's a lot of good teams. There's a lot of good teams. Washington State's ranked. Arizona's always tough. I would not say the Pac-12 is weak. Um, you know, actually, Washington compete, competed pretty well against Alabama last year. Everyone wants to sleep on that. If it wasn't for a uh, Jake Browning interception at that half, it was a closer game at the half. Nobody could run the ball that game. The front seven for Washington is all back. Um, I think I think people are sleeping a little bit on Washington. I think Washington's actually going to make the college football playoffs again this year, and that is not because I am from Washington. I just think that is because they have a very easy schedule, yes, it's not because of their conference. They're going to have a hard conference championship, but they're, the Pac-12 is not easy, but Washington's going to find a way out of there. Jake Browning's a very good, um, very good quarterback. And Drew Dwork says, keep it up, kid. Love the show. Thank you, Drew, my man. If you ever want to come on and talk uh, Oregon Ducks, I can video conference you into this show. You know I'd love that, and I know you know your football. Um, Drew used to work at NFL Network. I don't know if you still work at NFL Network, Drew, but – I know you know your football, so we can always talk. If you want to talk anytime, we'll get you video chatted up on here. Brandon said Clemson, new quarterback's nice. Yes, he is. That's why I'm not worried about Clemson anymore. I, I knew, I, you know, the, the people were saying the new quarterback was nice, but I just didn't know if that was a for sure. I wanted to see it myself. He He's good, obviously, and I guess we're going to just keep finding out about uh, Clemson, but I think, they, I think they're good to go. I think – Dabo's just a great coach, and they're going to be all right. Um, what up? Brandon said, what do you think University of Louisville is going to do? Is it, um, I mean, what? I think they're 17th this year. So here, give me a second to fix that camera. They're 17th this year in the conference or in the nation. Um, I have to go through more of their schedule, but I will do that right here for you. I have to go through their schedule to give you more of what I think they're going to do. I think they'll obviously end up a top 15 team. Are you a big fan of Louisville? Because I know you brought them up a few times. Um, they'll end up top 25. Let's see who they got. They got UNC next. It's going to be a win. They'll lose to Clemson. They'll beat Kent, beat Murray, uh, beat – okay, NC State's going to be a tough one. They'll beat BC. They'll lose to Florida State, Wake Forest, Virginia, Syracuse, UK. I mean, they could – I think they could end up being they'll lose three games, maybe two. They'll lose to Florida State and to uh, Clemson, I think for sure. NC State's going to be a close one, but that's where I think they're going to be. I think they'll be a two to three loss team, uh, which will put them at a, a pretty decently high bowl game. Uh, we'll see exactly how that goes for them, but I think that's exactly where they'll be. But that's something we'll find out more about soon. I've got to move on from this topic, though, and we're going to get into my today in sports really quick. I'm going to go through a lot of my next topics quickly. Um, and how do I feel about Clemson, Elijah? Elijah just said, I, I feel really good about Clemson. I mean, I thought they might struggle without Watson, but I think Dabo Sweeney is proven to be a good coach. They looked great this weekend. I was I, I was shocked. Not shocked, but I, I thought it was. they looked great, and I was I was happy for them. The one thing that I'm interested in seeing moreover is how they keep playing against top opponents. Um, and this quarterback, as long as the quarterback continues to play well, I do not see why um, 
why they would struggle too much. So I think it's all about this quarterback play. If that quarterback continues to play well, I do not see why they would struggle too much. Um, so I, I think Clemson could end up as a playoff team. I think it's not going to be easy for them, but I think they could end up a playoff team once again. But that's going to be a tough one because they do not have an easy schedule. Now let me fix this camera issue real quick, guys. It's going to be fixed in a moment. Um, sometimes our camera does this stuff. Not sure why. But we're going to move on to my today in sports topic because I only have a few minutes left. What do I have here? I only have 18 minutes left, and I want to get to my top 10 NFL ranking of the year. Um, that's always fun to do on the day before football, and it's very open. It's my very early top 10. So quickly, today's news in sports. I do this segment every day. Um, Ezekiel Elliott's suspension held up. So now what? I'm interested to see. He's playing this weekend for sure, but we'll see if Zeke will play the rest of the season. I think it's going to stay, and I think he's going to end up getting six games. He's going to play this week and miss the rest of the time. Um, I think when there's smoke, there's fire. We've talked about this, but when there's smoke, there's fire, the man must have done something in order to you know, have the six-game suspension come down on him. I could be wrong. NFL could be wrong, but that's just what I'm thinking but it was upheld. We'll see what the court says. The Supreme Judge has to come up with, um, I think, with an answer by Friday um, by, by 6 p.m. Eastern, I think I saw, or I think it was. So um, we'll see how that ends up going. Next, I have a probe found no signs of concussions in Brady. Um, I know Tom Brady and his wife Giselle, Giselle made some news about him and having some type of concussions all the time a probe showed that he had no concussions we have michael bennett of the seahawks even then claims the cops held him at gunpoint after the mayweather fight i'm interested to hear more he has a big statement about it but i am not going to speak on it too much maybe tomorrow once we get some more information on what actually happened um the seahawks also came out with a new logo i don't know if anyone saw it but it's pretty ugly you guys should check it out um Ray Lewis in the Kaepernick situation. So according to Ray Lewis on a Showtime show the other day, he said that Kaepernick was going to be offered a job by the Ravens until, of course, until his girlfriend decided, which I didn't like this decision by her, his girlfriend decided that she should, just, she should tweet out that the Ravens owner is a slave owner. I think it's stupid of her. She might have lost her boyfriend a job, but you know you can think what you want about each of those topics. Um, the Bucks and the Finns, the Buccaneers and the Dolphins moved to Week 11 due to Hurricane Irma. So shout out to Florida. Stay safe, stay strong, just like Houston did. So Harvey Strong, um, Irma Strong, please stay safe. Um, more power to you all. I know you guys can all. I know you guys can all stay strong. Get out if you can, but stay safe. And everybody, donate, help as much as you can. I will um, as much as I can. Devin said, we all know what happened. Typically racial profiling, but people aren't handling it right. Simple. What, what, Devin, why do you think people aren't handling it right? Just another stupid situation to trigger some people. Yeah. Uh, are you talking about his girlfriend? Typical racial profiling of what? I mean, of her calling him a white guy or a slave owner or what exactly? Because I think, I think obviously Kaepernick would get a job regardless if he's white or black if he just stayed out of the news. I mean, you look at Tim Tebow. He didn't get a job and he's white, but he was a distraction. Oh, Bennett. Yeah, I, I could see that. He said, so about Bennett, we all know what happened. Typical racial problem, but people aren't handling it right. Simple, just another stupid situation to trigger some people. I agree with that too. And what I said about the Kaepernick stuff, I agree with myself. <laughs> Kyrie says, Kyrie Irving says the trade wasn't about basketball, why he wanted to leave Cleveland. I find that quite interesting. So maybe it is about LeBron. Dodgers are diving. Dodgers have lost, I think, nine straight it was, and or they ended up losing nine straight. They've lost uh, nine of their last 10. Um, they need to be careful there. They're... Going in at the wrong time. It's not they got hot a little too early. They're losing a lot now, and you have a team like the Indians getting hot at the perfect time, winning 12 straight. 
So they're being care- they got to be careful, and I'm interested to see what happens. Let's move on. I got a couple more topics that I get to get through in 13 minutes. So quickly, on Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah writes a 15-page is what I heard. I don't know if that's true or not, but 15-page thank you letter or thank you and goodbye letter to Boston on the Players' Tribune today, um, and he says that Boston comes out and says the Celtics are not better after this trade. Um, there's a reason why I love this. I love this because I think whenever he comes back now or mid-year, this is good. This guy is going to play extremely and insanely well. I think Isaiah Thomas is actually pissed at Boston. He said he does never wants to go back if he gets offered or if, if they were going to trade him back, you know, if it gets vetoed or whatever, he doesn't want to go back. He's not going to go back. And, he was pissed. He writes this, this letter and says, Boston isn't better. Shots fired at, at Kyrie Irving. Shots fired at the Celtics. I think Isaiah Thomas, whenever he finds time to come back, whenever his hip's healed, he is going to, he is going to play out of his mind. And I think Cleveland is, no matter what, going to be better than Boston still this year. That's all I'm going to say on that topic for today. Jack Campbell said, go Yankees. They're in second place. Uh, Jack, welcome back to our show. I think the Yankees are only two and a half behind the Red Sox now. The Red Sox are plummeting as well, and the Red Sox also are cheating with Apple Watches. More interesting news if you're interested in checking that out. All right. Instead of a random topic, or instead of a WTF topic of the day, um, I am doing a random story of the day just for fun now. Um, Brandon says Thomas is dope point guard. Thomas is the man. I love Isaiah Thomas. I think he's going to come out with his just head straight down and just kill it next year. He's going to try to get his max contract. Um, he said, Lakers show me back. Brandon, you're a Laker fan. I have never been a Laker fan, but I did live in LA area. I lived in orange County to be exact. When I went to college, um, never really liked the Lakers, but once they drafted Lake, once they drafted Lonzo Ball, I am a Laker fan. The day they left, drafted uh, Lonzo Ball, I wore a Laker hat onto this show. Um, I am now a Laker fan, and NBA is my favorite sport, Brandon. So if you like the NBA, I will be talking about that all year. So stay tuned. Brandon, like the page if you haven't already. I like your comments. We love how much when people comment. And Brandon said, LOL. I'm actually a, bi- I'm a big Lonzo Ball fan. I can't hate. I like LeVar. I think he's funny, and I think what he's doing is just good for his son. He's just getting his son more money. Good for him. He raised three kids to get scholarships to UCLA. He did a good enough job. But like this page. Don't forget, guys, share the video, and we're going to have a raffle for free clothes or free shirt. Free Your free sports team will send you a T-shirt. I wanted to talk about the Kim Kardashian curse because today on our earlier show, oh, Brandon says smart man. Exactly. Um, on our show earlier, we, we announced that it looks like Kanye and Kim are having their third baby via surrogate, and we had a little debate about – is is there a curse? And of course it's real. I have my list here. Reggie Bush falls under NCAA scandal when he dated a Kardashian. Miles Austin, career falls off. Derek Ward, rushing yards cut in half. Chris Humphreys, points per game cut in half. Matt Kemp has second worst season of career. Rashad McCants, he's literally out of the NBA. Lamar Odom, almost dies. James Harden, Rockets finish in eighth and they have to break up. Jordan Clarkson, Lakers become second worst team in the NBA. Bruce Jenner turns into a woman. Chandler Parson, Worst season of his NBA career. Um, Odell Beckham has the worst game of his career in the playoffs. Broke up. Tristan Thompson, 0 for 3, 0 points in 22 minutes in the NBA Finals. There's a real curse. And what I wanted to mention is I think there's also a Jenner curse. So stay tuned. The Jenner curse is coming. The Kardashian curse is real. We're going to keep talking about this one other day here. But we talked about it enough today. And I only have a few minutes to talk about my top 10 for the NFL season of the year. And Jack Campbell says, go Wizards. I do like the Wizards this year. I don't think they're going to go too far, but I think it'd be just like all other years. Go Wizards. All right. I have nine minutes less. I have six minutes to tell you my very early top 10 NFL power rankings. And let's turn up this music and let me tell you my top 10 of the year. Coming in at number 10. Actually, I'm going to tell you, um, Devin says it's because they're family influences and typical millennial. Literally, they're just crazy people, but I love it. So my notable teams, my noteworthy teams that I did not put in my top 10 were the Titans, 
the Giants, the Redskins, the Eagles, the Browns, the Chiefs, the Panthers. All teams that I think could possibly end up in a top 10 by the end of this year. But I just do not have them there yet. I have. Oh, and the Dolphins. Sorry. But I have a tie for my 10th. Falcons and Cardinals are tied for my 10th spot. Um, I couldn't choose. I put the Falcons in my top 10 out of respect because they... We're in the Super Bowl last year. I think they're going to fall off. That's why I put them on my 10th spot as respect. I do not think they're going to end up in that 10th spot. But that's a little shout out to the Falcons. But my other 10th team is the Arizona Cardinals. I think they're the highly most over or underrated team in the NFL this year. I know Carson Palmer's old, but they have David Johnson. They have a good defense, good O-line. I think they're going to be a top 10 team this year. Um, Elias says, oh, go Falcons. We're going to be good. Just watch. Elijah, Elijah, I know a lot of people are probably hating on your team. If you're a Falcons fan, I think a lot of people are hating on them, but I genuinely just think they're not going to be that good. I think they're going to have the Super Bowl hangover, but I put them at 10 out of respect. Um, George thinks Cardinals 7-9. and nine. George also thinks Andrew Luck is going to win MVP this year. Jack says, go Patriots, beat Kansas City. They will beat Kansas City tomorrow. I'm not worried about that. George thinks Cardinals seven and nine. I think the Cardinals go ten and six this year. Mark my words. Um, you have the George. Who do you have in the NFC West a second? I think you have uh, the Rams a second, right? I have the Cardinals, but that's my tied for tenth. Falcons and Cardinals at nine. I have the Dallas Cowboys. I do not think they're going to finish in the top ten. I think that they are going to George. You wrote Rams with. Uh, <laughs> Uh, George, I think you, you wrote it with Sant Live, but I don't think the Rams are. Jordan said um, older. Uh, what's older, Jordan? Brandon said Andrew Luck. LOL, Andrew Luck and be carry on. It was a joke. My brother loves Andrew Luck, but he's obviously hurt. I'm not, I think Andrew Luck's a little overrated at this point of his career. Um, Elias said no hangover. Matt owned this team. Now he's a leader. I don't know. I don't know. I'd watch that. Elijah, Elijah, after the first two weeks, I'm going to tell you maybe I have a complete mind change on the Falcons. But I put them at 10 out of respect. Nine for the Cowboys out of respect. The Cowboys, I think, are going to have a slump this year too. Um, I think they have a – I think they have a slight – I think they're just going to have a slight sophomore slump. And because of the Zeke drama, I think it's going to go down the drain this year a little bit. But I put the Cowboys at nine out of respect. They have a great O-line. Dak Prescott was great last year. And if they stay – um, if they stay healthy, they could have a very good season. Number eight, there's another shocker probably, just like the Cardinals. I have the Bengals. I think the Cincinnati Bengals did very well for what they had to work with last year. A.J. Green is back. They got John Ross this year. They have a tight end and, and Eifert. I think they're going to be very good offensively this year. Joe Mixon's there. I know he's a bad guy, but I think they're going to have a good run game. Their defense is going to be average, but I think it's going to be average enough. I think it's going to be a top 12, 10 to 12 defense. I think the Bengals will come in at eighth and have a wild card spot. Wild card, wild card spot. I have the Buccaneers at seven. Um, Jameis Winston's having a good year. I might be tricked a little bit by Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks tricks people, but Jameis Winston is a leader and he is good. They have OJ Howard. They have Deshaun, um, oh, sorry, Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans. I think they are going to be very, very good this year. I have um, I have the Buccaneers at seven. At six, I do not know why I put the Panthers as my notable teams. I think I switched it out with somebody. At six, I have the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers is going to are going to be better than the Falcons this year. I'm sorry, Elijah. Eli was it Elijah or Brandon? It was Elijah. I am sorry, but I have the Carolina Panthers having a comeback season, and they're going to win that division. Here's the tough thing. I think the Falcons aren't going to be good because of my prediction of the Bucks at seven, Panthers at six. I, I have the Bucks winning in my in my um, prediction, just the way the schedule worked out in my earlier predictions this month. But I think the Panthers are the sixth best team. I think McCaffrey's going to be good. I think they have good receivers now. Cam Newton's good. That defense is good. Luke Keekley and, and company. I have the Panthers at six. At five, I have the Oakland Raiders. Derek Carr. Um, Derek Carr is coming off injury. I understand. I'm very questionable about their defense. Five is maybe high. I might want to bump them down to seven, but I put them at five. Derek Carr is going to have a good year. Marshawn Lentz will be all right, at least for the beginning of the year. Very good receiving core with Crabtree and uh, with Cooper. 
The only problem with the Raiders, their defense is very, very questionable. I don't know if I trust them yet, but I, but I am excited to see what happens with the Raiders at four. This is my top four. I think my top four is clear cut. The Pittsburgh Steelers, good O-line, good defense, good running back, good receiving cord, good quarterback. Pittsburgh Steelers at four. At three, I have the Green Bay Packers. I am questionable about their defense a little bit, but they got better defensive pieces. Aaron Rodgers is going to have a great season. I'm excited to see what Aaron Rodgers does. Um, good receiving core. They're just good enough all around. I think they're good enough all around. That's why I don't have them at two, but I have them at three. At two, my home team, the Seattle Seahawks. Past Super Bowl champs, maybe again this year. Questionable at O-line. Very, very questionable. And Joe Hayden for the Steelers. You're, you're correct. I'm saying they're going to be good. I might have them above the Packers, but I just love Aaron Rodgers. We'll see what he does. My home team, the, the, the Seahawks. As long as Russell Wilson finds a way to stay healthy with Eddie Lacy and Thomas Rolls, who Thomas Rolls is now officially questionable for week one. I just saw that on Bleach Report. Um, I think with the way that team's working, if if Russell Wilson keeps his legs healthy and can run outside of this pocket, they have a good enough receiving core and a phenomenal defense. With Russell Wilson on the offensive end, I think he's an MVP caliber quarterback this year. I think he can keep this team alive. And now with Sheldon Richardson for the Seahawks, they have eight pro bowlers on that defensive side. Earl Thomas is back and better than ever is what reports are saying. He's healthier than he was before. They have Cam Chancellor. They still have Richard Sherman. They now have Michael Bennett, a Cliff Averill, and they have Bobby Wagner, and they have Sheldon Richardson. It's going to be interesting. But I do think the Seahawks, even though I have them at number two in Green Bay at three, I think the Seahawks will lose in Green Bay week one. I think it just that's how it's going to work out. Last but not least, at one, the obvious answer, the New England Patriots. The Patriots have Tom Brady. They got Jaleski, however you say it, from uh, Buffalo in running back. He's going to be great. He's going to be just like Blunt was last year. They have a good enough receiving core. It's actually great, plus a good tight end and an amazing defense. Um, I think the Patriots have a deep defense, just like the Steelers do, just like the Packers. I mean, sorry, not the Packers, just like the Seahawks. So I think... I'm going to have New England easily sitting there at number one for now. Um, and that's how I see my top 10. Just to recap really quick, I have the Falcons and Cardinals tied for 10, Cowboys at nine, Bengals at eight, Buccaneers at seven, Panthers at six, Steelers at oh, Oakland at five, Steelers at four, Packers at three, Seahawks at two, Patriots at one. And next week, I will give you my new top 10 when you tune in. Let me go through the comments really quick, and that's going to be, and then it's going to be it for today. We have um, Jack Campbell saying, what time are they playing tomorrow? I think it's around 5.30 or 5. It's either or 5 or 5.30 as usual. That guy is smart is what George said. Brandon said, Bucks. Jack said, what time are they playing tomorrow? The Patriots, I said, around 5.30. Devin said, Mixon is not a bad guy. He said, I know they punched a girl. I know that girl he punched personally. Notice this is great. Went to middle school and high school. She's a great person and always nice. She's had a few drinks. Yelled some racial slurs at him initially. I did not know that you knew the guy, the girl that Joe Mixon punched. Interesting. Thank you for letting me know that. I'm actually very interested. I didn't know you knew her. That's awesome, actually, that you knew her. George said three top teams in the FC South. I don't want Falcons there, but... Out of respect, Carolina will be better facts is what Brandon said. Thank you. Elijah said, y'all still on the Panthers side. Y'all be wishing for the Panthers to be good since the first game of last year. I didn't think they were going to be good last year, but I think they're going to come back this year. Brandon said, Joe Hayden. Russell's going to be MVP. I think Russell can be MVP. Uh, Jack said, go Green Bay, beat Seattle. I think they will, even though I'm a Seahawks fan, and I think the Seahawks are going to be great this year. And Brandon said, they deep D. They are. And, Bre and Devin said, yep. Do not forget, guys, share this video, and you'll be in a raffle to win a free shirt of your favorite sports team. Um, that being said, um, I'm going to read this last comment. So we actually already got that on her Facebook. Her and I, I posted something about Joe getting signed in the Bengals. She flipped the fuck out on me, laughing my ass off. That's actually funny. I'm interested in speaking to this woman. My goodness. Um, and it looks like Thomas Rawls is out against the Packers uh, this week. So Eddie Lacy could see 20 to 25 carries. I think Green Bay will win in that case. Rawls, I think, is a little better than Lacy, but it will be interesting to see. That being said, 
That's the name of our morning show. Um, don't forget to tune in tomorrow, 8 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. Pacific time for that being said of George and Sammy. Then we have George's Jungle of Sports at 10.30 to 11.30. And then this show, Speak Up with Sammy Georgeur from 12 to 1. Share the video. You'll be in a raffle to win a free shirt um, of your favorite sports team. We'll pull that raffle. Um, and do not forget, do not forget to keep watching us. Like the page. Thank you for all the new people on my show today, Elijah and and um, <clears throat> I got Elijah and Brandon. Never seen you guys before. Thank you for tuning in. Jack said, go Maryland, beat Townsend Tigers, and go Yankees, beat Orioles. I think both will happen. I don't know about the Yankees because baseball changes daily, but I, I know Maryland will probably beat Townsend. Thank you for watching episode 159. Tomorrow at 8 a.m. we will have our 160. Do not forget to follow me on Instagram or Twitter at George or Sammy and follow Salt Live on Instagram as well if you're interested in watching me go live watching me go live at the University of Washington game and check out that stadium on Saturday afternoon at 5 o'clock. Elijah said, go Falcons, rise up, LOL. Go Falcons, we'll see what happens, my man. Um, and Benjamin says, yo, go red. Go red. Like the page, share the video. You can get, you can win free shit. I know everyone likes free shit. If you want free shit, like, like this video, like our page and share the damn video. Love you all. Thanks for a great Facebook family. Episode 160 of That Being Said with George and Sammy starts tomorrow at 8 a.m. Pacific time. Stay cool, America. Peace. Summer's almost over, but at Old Navy, the styles are as hot as ever. Get to Old Navy now for 30% off all jeans, 40% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, get 30, 40, and 50% off all your favorite styles for the whole family, plus up to 75% off clearance. Hurry in fast. These deals won't last. The sale ends soon at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid in-store 822 to 828 and online 822 to 824. Excludes in-store clearance, bubbles, active, licensed, and men's package tees.